Hello and welcome to another episode of All Bets Are Off. As always, we have Micah joining me. Micah, how are you doing? I'm good, Scott. Uh, I'm uh, excited to talk about the Super Bowl and sad that this is the end of the season. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I know, it's crazy. Uh, season's over, no more football for I don't know, another seven months. It's a very sad time of the year. Um, I guess NBA will be picking up, but um yeah we'll uh we'll recap the super bowl cover a few other topics um but i can't believe uh season's over no more nfl gambling for a while but um yeah let's uh let's just dive into the game what would you say uh what would you give the game out of out of a 10 1 to 10 scale what's your rating uh i would say i don't know something like a like a seven and a half eight okay. something like that because yeah. it, fe- it felt like I know that a lot of the things I guess we're going to say in this podcast have already been said, but it felt like, you know, the the first and third quarters were a little slow, third quarter especially, but the second and fourth quarters were pretty fun, and the fourth quarter was pretty amazing. Uh, It featured some, like, awesome performances and then, like, an incredible choke job, obviously, by the Niners. Uh, Featured, like, some pretty good coaching on the side of Andy Reid, which is sort of weird and uncharacteristic. And some pretty bad coaching on the side of Kyle Shanahan. The same same thing, sort of weird. So I don't know. I, I think that there were like some uh, some pretty cool storylines, and it it was a compelling game. Also, it was pretty fast, which I appreciated. Um, yeah, it was. It did kind of blow by. I feel like usually it just kind of slogs along, and it's a four and a half hour game. But um, yeah, it did. It was kind of like, oh man, this is farther along than I expected. I want want more action. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. What what do, what do you think? Yeah, no, all in all, I mean, I'll, I'll trying to remove my bias as a local sports fan. Um, I still think I would have found the game pretty compelling. You know, a lot of interesting storylines. Um, you know, I see Mahomes, you know, not look too great and then come back at the end, have some great plays. Uh, I, I felt like I knew if I could have bet on this some way that it would be Jimmy G in the Crucible having to do a drive at the end of the game to try and win it and probably not succeeding. Uh, maybe the odds wouldn't have been that good on that bet, but uh, I just it felt like that was exactly what was going to happen. To be honest, so um. yeah, I I have a I have well, I have a whole bunch of thoughts, but off the top, I'd say um, the 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 first thing I just feel like the right team won. I know a lot of people are saying, well, the Niners choked; they were up twenty to ten with eight minutes left, and so on. But uh, I just even up twenty to ten, I texted you, I texted our our, our WhatsApp group, and I said. You know, the Chiefs are plus 300 to win right now. Eight minutes left, down 10. And obviously, didn't bet on it, but it was like, I don't, I don't, why Why is it plus 300? The, the Chiefs are, could easily win this game, and then, of course, they did. So I just felt like the right team won. Um, the, the Niners just, I don't know, they, they had deer in headlights. They, they just, like, felt like they tightened up towards the, towards the second half. And the thing about Mahomes is that he was like, you could tell he was just way too overamped in the beginning. Like even from yeah. that first drive, there was an out pass on third down and he threw it like 150 yeah, miles an hour, like not even, and, and she just like, once Mahomes uh, calms down and gets his bearings and gets over this, even if it's in the fourth quarter, like there's just not going to be any stopping him. And that's what happened. Yeah, I think, you know, I feel like, yeah, once he gets settled in, it's like you feel pretty confident that he's going to score every time he's got the ball, right? Whereas the Niners, like, you know, you their running game was awesome. Uh, obviously surprised they didn't go to it more toward the end, particularly with the lead. 
but you just felt like they really had to kind of work to move the ball down the field, right? Whereas, you know, you have one Tyreek Hill play, uh, one Kelsey play for 25 yards that, like, you just feel like that could happen at any moment. Whereas with when anytime Jimmy G drops back, you're like, all right, this needs to go perfectly well for this to be a big gainer. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good place to start. Like, the, you know, Niners... So first there's the the pass interference, which leads to the Chiefs touchdown, which I know Niner fans are upset about, but it was the it was by the by the book, it was the right call. It sucks, but you have to turn your head. So they, they score that touchdown. They're now the Niners are up twenty to seventeen with what was it, about four and a half minutes left or so. Um and and uh they have the ball first and ten from whatever their own twenty or something. So they run Mostert for about five yards. So it's second and five. And then on second down, he drops. It's a straight drop back pass, but it gets batted down. So that's the first question. That's like, what, what are you doing? Like Mostert or, or uh, Tavon Coleman, or Tavon, whatever his name is. Tavon um, Yeah. Tavon like Coleman. Kevin have, with a T. <laughs> right. Um, you know, they, they, like they've been getting six or seven yards a clip. You have second and five. You're trying to run out the clock, and you do a straight drop back pass that gets batted down. Um, so that's not a good call. And then third down and five. Instead of trying to do anything interesting, again, it's a straight drop back, and and Jimmy G doesn't convert. So it's sort of like you're you, it, like I don't understand those play calls. Even if you don't get the first down, at least run the ball a few times and take two minutes off the clock, um, or make the Chiefs use a timeout or play exactly. Uh, yeah. So that I think that was like such a strange set of play calls where Shanahan just tried to be too smart or something. Yeah. Like too and and I think he'll look back on that, you know, when he gets back to the Super Bowl, whenever it doesn't be like, I'm not gonna do that again. Yeah, I wonder if part of it was like maybe like, oh, if I can get Jimmy some confidence on like an awesome play that's not just play action, like he'll it'll boost his confidence. But you know, at this point, it's like, who gives a shit? Let's win the game. Even right. if the QB knows that he's uh, not a reliable piece based on your play calling. And and the other thing was, I mean, if you're, if you're going to go back a, a drive again, um, you know, it's third and 15 for the Chiefs on, like, their own 30. And I know Tyreek Hill is crazy fast, but, like, the only way the Chiefs convert, right, is, like, a bomb to to Hill or like a long so it's basically like double Hill and and contain Kelsey and they're not going to pick it up right I I mean obviously easier said than done those guys are crazy athletes and whatever but oh my god and then also the next question is like why were the Chiefs not doing that every play <laughs> just like NFL blitz style throw the ball on every yeah. play I I don't know. I mean, they they definitely should have been. That could also be an Andy Reid trying to be too clever, right? Like, mm. um, yeah, yeah. He had some good play calls. I feel like there's that one where like Mahomes kind of ran an option style play. Um, yeah, which For I was like, this seems on yeah, I was like this seems unstoppable, right? Like you know, totally. I, you don't want to bust it out too much, given uh, general injury risk and specific injury risk for him um, with his knee. But I was just like, man, if they, you know, they need to bust this out. Like, how do you, if you have him and like Tyreek Hill rolling and you have two guys who need to cover them, like, how is that going to happen? Yeah, um, I completely agree. And on the flip side, 
why were the Niners not going back to Samuel on like reverses or fake reverse passes or whatever? Because early in the game, first yeah, couple of series, twice. they did like four times, yeah. right? They, it worked twice, and then they had the other one where it looked like he was going to throw, and then he ended up just getting the first yeah. down. Oh, why not this, just yeah. run that a few times? No, totally agree. And since this is a gambling podcast, I was pissed because I had I did a few prop bets like a couple minutes before the game, um, and I I had. Number of players to throw a pass over uh, two and a half. Over two and a half, you did. And you it was like, got that in the first like quarter. The fourth play of the game for the Niners. <laughs> and he's like, you know, whoever it was, was it uh um was it Samuel or Debo Samuel or, or I think it was Samuel. Um, I don't think I don't don't think it was Sanders. Yeah. Gets their you know reverse uh handoff and was looking for people to pass to. And all he needs to do is I think he just needs to throw a pass. Yeah, I don't know if he, has no, to he just needs to throw it. He doesn't need to complete it. And the funny thing is, is they they always try to force those, right? Like it it is actually usually the smart play uh, to just like tuck it and run right. when the guy's not open. But they, I mean, you're on especially on that stage, right? Like you want to want to have like the most memorable play, and then uh, you know you didn't try to force it, so I was pissed about losing that one. And then they didn't go back to it. Yeah. Yeah, and they, yeah, like why not keep busting out that reverse? Like I, that was, I, I mean, I I really do have to blame Shanahan a lot for this. I think. You know, it was an awesome play. Hmm. Uh, no, I completely agree. The the Chiefs for that first, second touchdown. Second touchdown? Was it the one where they... Um, the first one was Mahomes running it in. That's right. So was it the second one where they did the, the, the pre-snap where Mahomes and the two backs um, shuffled over uh, and then it was oh, the direct snap? yeah, yeah. Yep. That was an awesome play. I don't know if you watched that closely, that was, but it's I just did. like... So, so badass. Like, if you're on defense and you see that happen, you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like there's no way you can, you know, plan for all of those kind of plays, which is fun when they uh, bust them out in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. We had this trick play in, in high school football that I think we only went once, but it was along those lines where, like, the quarterback actually lines up under the guard instead of under the center. And in high mm. school, you know, defenses are, literally have no idea. Most of the people don't even realize what's happening. But you you line it up basically we, like we lined up under the wrong thing and then the center snaps and then fumbles on purpose. Oh, so basically yeah, snaps back like and that. drops yeah. it right and then and then the ball's just sitting there and then the other guard picks it up and runs and we did it once and they picked up like twenty yards. It was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but we it was ours was called the fumble ruski. We had that play. It was pretty. Uh, actually, worked more than you think. Yeah, um, I don't understand why teams don't run more trick plays. I just don't get like. Well, as long as you have someone smart who will tuck it and run if needed. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like a lot of them have them in their arsenal, but you don't want to use them until you get to like, you know, Super Bowl, AFC Championship, because once you use it once, it's on film and they can scheme for it, right? So they may have a lot of trick plays, but... True, um, true. Um, so wanted to get your thoughts on, speaking of Shanahan uh, crap in the bed, this uh, game, what did you think of his non-timeout call at the end of the first half. Did you think that was the right move at the did, time? So, actually, I have a question because I didn't see. Has he come out and talked about that? Did anyone ask him about it? I haven't seen. I would. You would assume he got asked about it, but I haven't seen uh, his response, if he did. Um, I mean, I, I don't have any kind of, like, different take from anyone else. Like, I, I think it was really strange. I mean, he could have called the timeout. He could have had the ball with what? Like, over two minutes? No, I guess not over because it ended up getting it with like a minute left. But either way, it could have, would have been like two minutes with two timeouts, right? 
Yeah, they yeah, like they definitely they could have I think they could have called timeout. Uh yeah, that's I thought I thought maybe the Chiefs were under the two minute warning when they first got the they timeout, were. But they could have gotten it back with like at least a minute and a half. Um, I, I, I think you're right. Timeout. Um, so so let's say they I, I mean I understand the fear. You get let's say you get the ball back with like one fifty or whatever it is, or one forty five. You run you run three plays and the Chiefs use all their timeouts. You don't get a first down, and then all of a sudden the Chiefs get the ball with like a minute ten. Yeah. And it's Mahomes. Like I get that, but I just feel like you're in the Super Bowl. You gotta play to win. Like you can't you can't play not to lose. Yeah. Because you're just sending this message to your team that's like, you know, I believe that if we're in a close game late that we've got a good shot. Instead of we're just gonna like do our thing and and win this game. So to me, it's like a strange thing because you got to imagine all the players are like, what are we doing? Um, unless before the game, he, he he told them that that was the plan. But I don't know. I, it felt like a, I agree with everyone else. It just felt like a strange move. Yeah. Well, it's funny how like if the Kelsey, or not Kelsey, sorry, the Kittle pass play hadn't happened, then this really isn't a talking point at all. Yeah. Right? Which is kind of like, is it really relevant? It, I guess it is just in the, this day and age and how you think about things. But it was like, if they went three and out, punted it, took the ball, you know, took it down late. It's like, it would have never been in discussion. But um, I don't know. At, at the time, I was like, I think they should call timeout. But when they didn't, I was like, okay, I understand why they are not calling timeout. But um, yeah, especially after the Kittle play, it was kind of like, well, yeah, probably could have uh, had a better, you know, would have had a shot at something. I think that that by the way that offensive pass interference call I think it's the right call because let's say they don't call it right and he gains however many yards and then they either kick a field goal or score a touchdown um, like then you've got people furious from the Chiefs side that like what looks like a pretty obvious pass interference whether or not he really gained any ground from pushing um, wasn't called and then you've got a huge ref controversy and as it turned out people on the Niners side or whoever were just like that's that's bullshit that that was such a tic-tac but then it, it kind of died out because people were like well you know like i guess there's nothing you can do um yeah like and it kind of looks chance. like it like it's not like the you know the saints game or whatever where yeah you know that just like single-handedly turned the tide and decided the game like it was still like all right well you're still up 10 you know or maybe this was after they were up 10 i forget or but they still have plenty of chances to win, and yeah, I agree. Like I, I think by the book it was a penalty. It's a little inconsistent given that they didn't call that against Rudolph, which was arguably worse in the. Oh, I completely agree. They should have called it against Rudolph. No, no question. <laughs> yeah, but you know, at, at the end of the day, it's like it's still the. It's not like they missed that call. It's more a subjective. Like oh, this sometimes doesn't get called, and that one did. Yeah. And you know, it's like if it didn't really help you, then don't do it. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally agree. But, uh, um, I have a bunch of like quick hitters, but yeah. we can. I don't know how you want to go through this stuff. Um, but I can kind of. You want me just to rattle some stuff off? Yeah, go for it. Uh, okay, quickly. So first thing, um, I didn't even know this till after the fact. We didn't talk about it, but um, the line for any quarterback to win MVP was minus two twenty five, mm. um, and I feel like that was. So nine out of the last 11 Super Bowls, the quarterbacks won the MVP. Um, I think the only times it wasn't a quarterback was, what's his name on Denver? And who's the other one, actually? I just read this, but I can't remember. But either way, 
Um, so I think like that was oh, kind of Miller. a no. Yeah. Von Miller, yeah, Von Miller won it, and then there was mm-hmm. one other non QB, but I can't place it right now. Um, but uh, I think that that was kind of a no brainer, so I think we should look at that again next year. Yeah, um, we should take a look. I mean, I think the main just part of that equation was just Jimmy G was high odds, and people were pretty down on him, and perhaps deservedly so. But you know, halfway through the fourth quarter, if the Niners are going to win, the, we're going to win the yeah. game. He was going to win it, right? Um, I mean, it. It was pretty clear that in the fourth quarter, it was going to be a quarterback, right? Yeah. Because it was either going to be Jimmy winning it because he handled his shit and was good, or Mahomes winning it for bringing them back, right? Yep. Even if Mahomes, and this is leading my next one, even if Mahomes, like, really, did he really deserve it? I mean, I know that, you know, Josh said this, but Damian Williams (laughs) was amazing in that game. And I don't even think, his touchdown run was great, but I thought his best play was that like 10 yard gainer where he stopped like on a dime and the dude yeah. just went flying? That, that was, was that nice. was like video game style. That was amazing. Yeah. Um also I we talked about this beforehand, but uh, you know, Bosa, if Bosa, if that strip goes the other way and and the Niners recover it, and then the Niners win, uh Bosa has a shot, right? I mean, it's probably Jimmy G, but like um that strip. If that strip fumble, if they grab it, oh yeah, that was exactly so the um, that was exactly the the case for someone like Bosa winning. So I thought that was interesting. And then Samuel, like, you know, if he has one more big gainer, that's a touchdown. I feel like he could have won it. So I don't know. I mean, I, I get why Mahomes kind of got it by default, um, but it did not. It didn't feel like the most satisfying MVP. No, I, I like he wasn't really that good for the first three quarters, and but I still, I still like. I understand Josh's point on Damian Williams, but I think like if you flip and, and this isn't necessarily the the way to evaluate it, but it's like say you flip Garoppolo and Mahomes and you flip Mostert and Damian Williams, it's like I still feel like Mahomes was more important to have in there over another average quarterback or even a good quarterback. Yeah, and, I agree. I agree. With, you know, Damian Williams in there. But he had some key plays. Um uh what what else did you have on your list um all right so uh let's so uh this is a longer term thing uh and again none of these i'm gonna jump around a little bit but mahomes super bowls for the rest of his career what's the over under at uh rest of his career including rest of his career no not including this so he's got one how many what's the over under i i have a guess but i'm curious about what you're thinking Mm, i would probably say like one and a half, but That's with exactly a what I big, said. Yeah, it might, it might be like minus one thirty instead of minus one ten. But that's pretty funny. I, I thought about making it two and a half, and I was like, no, that's just too high. Yeah, me too. too. I think but like, yeah, but like the AFC, it's like all you, all I really would feel great about going forward is the Ravens. Yeah, um, I feel like Houston has Deshaun Watson, but they're kind of a shit show. They don't really have like a. Great I mean, the Titans. Situation. Titans are pretty good, but yeah. running backs are kind of flashing the pan. Like, who knows what? No, nah, they need a quarterback. Like, if they get someone who's good, I, I just don't think. Uh, yeah, but well, I'm glad. I'm glad to see we 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 guess the same number. That makes yeah. me feel good about it. Um, uh, let me see here. Uh, w- another random one. I feel like we should have bet on this, but both of them had interceptions. Mahomes had two new quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Like. They're gonna throw picks, right? Oh, I did. That was one that I did bet on right before. It was Damn over you. one and a half. Well, it was like three minutes before, and I was like, I, I don't yeah, think no, I can fine. get a reply. 
But I that one I was like, this is a no brainer. Uh, like, Jimmy but I G think is that for sure going to throw one, and I felt pretty confident about home, so I went. Did you see what was the line for both quarterbacks throwing an interception? It was like plus two twenty five or something. Shit, really? Oh, that I should have done. It was that it was high. Yeah, I know it was a good one. We should we should look at that depending on who's in the in the Super Bowl next year. Um, uh, other things: D Ford back to back losses on the losing Super Bowl team. Or not losing Super Bowl, but I know they lost in the in the championship game last year. But you could argue, yeah. I mean, come on, like the Chiefs probably win that Super Bowl if they win that game. Yep. But so he causes the Chiefs to lose last year and then loses with the Niners this year. Like, I guess, I guess, like he's on some pretty successful teams and that must be great. But at the same time, he's clearly like, you know, the reason that teams lose Super Bowls, right? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I would not want him on my team. Um, a uh, couple other things. So, generally speaking, just a really gut wrenching 49ers loss. I mean, like, you're obviously more of a 49ers fan than I am. I don't really care. But, um, like, just, just a pretty bad loss. And I don't feel bad for the Bay Area considering how many championships the Bay Area has had recently or whatever. But it's pretty rough. Yeah, that one's. Uh, Isolated, that one's pretty brutal if you're like just a 49ers fan. But yeah, you for sure with the Warriors success, Giants success last decade, been pretty spoiled over here. <clears throat> uh, let's see. The halftime show, lots of people said it was like pretty great. Here's my feeling about it I thought it was good. Oh, here comes the old man rant. All right, let's hear it. No, it's not an old man rant, it's a new okay. parent rant. So we were sitting there watching with my kids, oh. and we're watching it. And um, shout out to my to my wife who cares about these things appropriately, as opposed to me. Uh, I got a glare that was like, "I don't think this is uh, age appropriate." And I was like, "Nah, eh, it's fine, it's fine." And then a couple minutes later, I don't think this is age appropriate. <laughs> so needless to say. The halftime show went off, although later than it should have been. I thought it, no, I thought it was good. I mean, it, I think it's weird to see them still like as awesome as they are, um, you know, however many years later. But uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, no, I think Sidney for sure has a point. Like looking at those, <laughs> yeah. that lens, I'd be like, if I was watching it, <laughs> like four or five year old son, I'd be like, what is? How do I even explain what's going on? <laughs> Did you see there were bets on the amount of cleavage that would be shown? I saw that. I did. Well, I didn't see the specific bets because I, I feel like how much, how is that measured? Is it like percentage of boobs shown? Is it a nipple? Areola actually, actually measured. Yeah. Um, I have, okay, I only have a few more. Um, did you see that, uh, and this will be the only Yankees content of the podcast. So I'll do my best. But did you see that Aaron Boone predicted a 31-20 Chiefs win? Pretty amazing. In a tweet, exactly hit it exactly. Um, uh, and let's see, two more. One next one, Mahomes. I know this has been all over the place, but uh, forty-four yards rushing to, to the last drive, loses fifteen yards with with kneel downs, and then goes under for his rushing total was incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, that was there's amazing. like nothing. I love stuff like that when it's not I'm, when I don't have the bet on that. That's crazy though. So for for people listening, the over under was twenty nine and a half. He had forty four yards. He was well over. He kneels down three times in the last drive and loses fifteen yards exactly. Ends with twenty nine, <laughs> uh, and the over was 
like hit really, really hard all over the place. Like sports books were basically like that was the best thing to happen to us all like, uh, in years. A lot years. of people were betting the over. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. funny. I, I mean, I figured people would bet the over on that more than that. I think that happened to Josh in a fantasy matchup where he lost on a kneel down by a one yard, which is a pretty <laughs> that's brutal. Right. Uh, uh, so that was amazing. Um, and then I think on two two more. One is I, I did make. Um, a bit of a futures bet, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it here uh, that I bet, I guess a little bit more Yankees context. So I made I made a, uh, but this is a promise to anyone listening that I made a parlay bet on the Yankees to win the World Series and Bernie Sanders to win the presidency. I got 25 to one, and all I'll say is if it hits, I'm going to throw a party uh, that is going to celebrate everything. Um, so I'm just gonna say that right here. Uh, I ho- obviously hope I'm not jinxing anything, but I'm just, I, I really, I'm, I really want to be optimistic about this. Well, we know um, uh, Nick Bosa, Maga Bosa won't be joining the party, but uh. <laughs> it's true. And then my last one is actually sort of random. It's just, um, do we think that Antonio Brown is going to play next year? It's kind of a separate thing, but he, he released this video apologizing, blah, blah, blah. And given like kind of how we saw things play out this year with the dearth of receivers and the Patriots and, and, and a couple other teams too, like, He's such a valuable skill player. Um, just kind of wondering your thoughts on if he will get a job. Yeah, I think I would probably put his odds at playing at, I, th- I think he's still pretty, I'd say like plus 350. Um, I think he is so batshit. Like someone, someone showing contrition on Twitter after doing an insane amount of stupid shit, potentially illegal stuff, like that, that really doesn't go very far with me. Um, that being said, like there are so many NFL teams and so many NFL teams that are poorly run. And like, I mean, he is, you know, a, a all time talent. So I could for sure see someone convincing themselves to sign him. So I, I'm excited to see if that happens. I, I obviously, I want him to come back for, uh, entertainment purposes, but I don't know if I would do that for my own team. You know, it'd be awesome if the Raiders signed Brady in Vegas. And bring back Antonio Brown. Ooh. Unlikely. That but that would that would be pretty amazing on the unintentional comedy scale. What could happen there? I would I would for sure I mean they're already gonna probably gonna sell all their games, but that would be that would be interesting. Um, yeah, anyway, so that's uh the only the only thing I had, and this is can lead into a larger conversation if you want, but just in terms of odds to repeat, I it's actually moved down, so I think Right after the game, the Chiefs were seven to one, and now they're six to one. Yeah, and the Ravens are eight to one, which is the same. Pats eight to one, Niners eight to one, Saints fifteen to one, Cowboys twenty one. Silly Steelers twenty one. I think it's there are a couple of interesting ones if you go kind of down. I mean, you know, the Eagles, all those injuries, they're twenty five to one. I feel like they could be there. And then there was another one where the oh yeah, the Titans are. 35 to 1, which I think is kind of weird. Well, it's weird seeing the Las Vegas Raiders actually written out. Oh, yeah. Um, 60 yeah, to 1. I don't see anything that like jumps out of me uh, that's super enticing in terms of value. Like the Saints, 15 to 1. I mean, uh, you know, I feel like they were almost as good as the Niners. You know, when they played, it went, went uh, it was a very close game. Uh, Pats eight to one. I will pass hard pass on that one. Yeah. Uh, 
Like what? Well, I mean, they'll probably win the East again, but um, you know, Bills could be better. Um, yeah, nothing super jumps out at me. Rams thirty to one, maybe. Um, but I I was looking at the MVP odds. It's crazy. The first like like. 20 of them are all quarterbacks, which makes sense. But the the first non-quarterback you get to is Christian McCaffrey at 75 to 1. Uh, like you have you have Kirk Cousins and Matt Stafford and Jameis Winston with significantly better odds than McCaffrey and any other oh, wow. quarterback, which is kind of crazy. Um, Sam Darnold has the same odds as Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook. When was the last time a non-quarterback won the MVP? That I don't know. I was like... Hmm. Adrian Peterson. I don't know if he ever won, but yeah, that is a fair point. Um, the one, yeah, I'm trying to think of none of them really. Adrian Peterson. Wow, amazing. Adrian Peterson, him? 2012. Yeah, cool. Um, that was a great call. Your call of the year. Yeah, I just figured. I don't. It, it was. It was probably going to be a running back, and he's you know the best one of the past ten years probably. Um, he had. 2,100 yards, just nine yards short of Eric Dickerson's record. Uh, and then the next the next one before that one, I guess. Oh, guess? Um, ooh. LT, the Danian Tomlinson? Uh, holy moly, man. Uh, 2006. Oh, that, was, that was his like crazy season. Remember that? Yeah. 1,815 yards, and he had 28 touchdowns and 500 yards receiving and three three TDs. I just remember that that year being like, he's completely unstoppable. Um, all right, let's keep going. You're never going to get the next one. Next guy. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Uh, weird. This one is super random. I would have to, I probably have to give you the team. What, what decade is it? So it's 2005. It's actually just the year oh, before so LT1. It would. I'm going to give you the team that won the Super Bowl to see if this helps because I I would never have gotten this, but it was it was the Seahawks. Oh. Um, and I'm guessing who won MVP for the season. Yeah. Uh, it was their running back. I I would not have been able to. Oh God, yeah, I, I remember that team. Oh, that Super Bowl pissed me off. I bet I got the Seahawks at like forty to one. And I think I only put like 20 bucks down, but then Steelers won that with yep. some bullshit stuff. Uh, oh, Sean Alexander. Wow. Impressive. I remember that guy. He was good. He was like, good he was awesome. Two, two three years. Um, he was totally awesome. And then you, then you go back to 2000, Marshall Falk. That Rams team was just unbelievable. So anyway, bottom line is, yes, it doesn't happen very often. So Dude. it kind of makes sense with these odds. Yeah. I mean, look, you have Joe Burrow and Drew Locke, both at 100 to 1, and Mitch Trubisky at, at 100 to 1, uh, which is the same odds as Alvin Kamara. Which is kind has of a, an has a rookie QB ever won the MVP? I would not think so, but I, I can't say definitively. Um, hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll see. I think, I mean, like Christian McCaffrey, at one point, he was probably like, Three to one this year. He's seventy-five to one now. That's kind of enticing. Um, yeah, totally. Well, cool. I gotta. I think I only have about like ten more minutes. So, do you okay. want to cover any more football stuff? Do you want to do a Red Sox rant? 
Uh, well, before we, we let's let's talk maybe a little bit other sports. I know this is where Dennis is going to turn off the podcast, but uh, I guess on on the football side, um, it's been a, it's been very fun this year. So, you know, we we need to think in the off season about ways we can potentially improve this. So, if anyone has any ideas, they should email or call the pod. Um, because uh, I I thought this was awesome. Uh, and I definitely want to do it again next year. Definitely made me like follow the NFL closer. Um, so I I don't know if you have any additional thoughts, but uh, we def we should throw in some tweaks. Maybe Jimmy can come up with uh some other sound bites or whatever. Um, but this is great. Yeah, no, I I had a blast. Um, it was really fun, kind of watching the games and then thinking about how to talk about them. Um, so yeah, we'll uh. I'm excited. Well, it looks like Jimmy Lin is on online. Hello. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, Ooh. thanks for the, uh, the the text alert there. Oh, is that a sound effect? Is that a soundboard <laughs> item? Can I tease Scott and I's upcoming uh, 90 Day Fiance pod? Yeah, do it. Now that uh, now that all bets are off, or headed to the off season. Yeah, I only have two other things I want to chat about. But we'll do this first, and then and then they're non <laughs> non football related. Go for it. Scott, you want to explain? Well, yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I'm hoping to uh, start a 90 day fiance podcast because it is by far the best show on television. Um, the premise is, is that uh, someone from America has a fiance abroad and they file for an actual real visa, the K1 visa, and that gives them 90 days to be in the States uh, to get married. Otherwise, the person has to move out of the States and it, uh, leads to incredible drama, um, and I am excited to do a podcast. So James needs to start watching. Although this season's about to end, oh, I guess a new season because they have several spinoffs is starting soon. So James, you got to get on it. And what percentage of couples usually stay together? Would you say? <clears throat> I mean, I would say eighty percent of couples actually do get married. Seventy, eighty percent within the ninety days. Uh, I'd have to do some some more calculations to figure out who actually makes it like beyond a year, but it's more than you think. I think the prospect of a green card uh, is more enticing than you might think. Right. So people do stay together. Well, we can discuss that. How many, how many seasons yeah. have there been? So I think there have been seven seasons of the regular flagship show, and then there's a spinoff called 90 Day Fiance The Other Way, where an American goes abroad to do the same thing. And that has maybe two seasons. And then there's 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days, which is them <laughs> kind of doing their courtship before the actual visa starts. So, and that's has like three or four seasons. Yeah, I was trying I'm, to add, I'm, sorry, I was trying to just... add um, all the shows to my DVR yesterday. And as I did a search, there was like 10 different spinoffs before the 90 days, the other way, happily ever after, just landed, watch party, yep. and 90 Day Fiance, what now? So I have a lot to catch up on. Well, Scott, Scott, you know what's going to be great is you're going to be on paternity and you're going to be able to sit there and watch straight through like entire seasons while you're doing dad stuff. It's going to be awesome. That'd be cool. I will I'll have to find out which shows to, to watch for that. Um, but uh, I'm, in, I'm excited. What are you going to call the podcast? I think we're still, we're still in the mix. We have to, I, I feel like we have to find our our niche right like we have to kind of do a little competitive research on the existing podcast um and find out where we fit in all vows are off all vows. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good 
That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, James, as as the officiant at my wedding, you uh, you know, I feel like we have a unique connection to be able to speak speak to to this podcast. So you need to start watching. You have to watch three episodes a night for the next <laughs> three months in order to catch up. Is there is I there one say. in particular I should just start off with immediately, like a couple that you're like, this is the best one to watch. There are a few really good couples, uh, David and Annie from Thailand. Annie from Thailand. I think we watched that one a little bit, right? Yes. Um, They're one of the best. Darcy is a complete disaster, but it's fun to watch. Um, It's it's not really packaged by couple. It's there's a season, excuse me, and then they um, splice together, you know, little 10 minute clips of each couple. Uh, there's five, six couples a season. So, but they are being repackaged on TLC. Uh, they'll they'll combine, you know, sometimes multiple seasons worth of segments for a single couple. So you can kind of watch a couple throughout, which is a little easier to follow. Yeah. But it's not quite as fun as like jumping back and forth. Got it. Um, I uh, just just because I know you have to jump. Yeah, I've got to go on a few. Uh, very quickly. Uh, and I'm I'm excited to hear what to what to listen to this pod and hear what you guys say, um, because I I have not been watching the show but uh, I I've heard you talk about it so uh, that's gonna be awesome it's gonna be an awesome off season football pod maybe maybe we, we combine next year combine a couple episodes and, and since you'll be such an aficionado of the show at that point you can compare different NFL seasons to different ninety day fiance <laughs> windows um uh, real quick and especially because James is here. Uh, I'm actually not going to talk about the Red Sox right now. I feel like uh, there's not there really isn't like an other perspective on this. It's just like horrible for baseball and for the Sox. And actually, like as much as it may help the Yankees uh, in the AL East, it just like sucks because I like the idea of like Mookie Betts being this like huge rival on the Red Sox nearby. I am in- intrigued to see how the Dodgers screw this up because they will definitely screw this up. They you know they'll almost certainly win the division and then lose in the playoffs and it'll be hilarious. So that's probably the most enjoyment I'll get out of it. Um, but James, I wanted to ask you, uh, and I know this is sort of a somber thing, but as you know, someone in LA and a Lakers fan, um, I know everything has been written about this and said already. And obviously we're all sad about it, but ta- you want to talk for a second about the Kobe stuff? How you feel about it? Um, sure. I mean, well, we're about 10 days removed from it. Uh, but like, it particularly hits me a little bit more as well because I work at LA Live. My office is at LA Live, so for the past week, I'm at work and outside is all the memorials that people have been bringing for Kobe, um, which they finally just cleaned up this past Sunday, I believe, and are giving all the the Bryant family. But yeah, I mean, it is crazy how. For an entire week, anywhere I walked in LA, whether it was like the supermarket, the park, you could tell that it was just affecting everyone, regardless of whether they were a basketball fan or not. And I just haven't seen that any time in my life, whether it's a celebrity or some other public figure. So clearly it's had an effect here, clearly it's had an effect all around the world, but it is amazing to see how much reach that this one individual had. And I don't know what. It was like in San Francisco. Maybe you could speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I think everyone feels like not. You know, I don't know what you think, Scott, but we all feel like we're not in the epicenter of this, of course. But it's just like it's just so awful, and 
especially the part about his daughter. Like I, I've been totally wrecked by it. Um, everyone I like everyone I know is totally wrecked by it. So I don't know if I have anything to add, Scott. What do you think? Scott's still there. Oh, Scott will be back in a minute. Um, but basically, uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, it's been really hard, man. And I've like thought about ways to like put it in words. I think the. Um, I think I decided that one of the reasons it was just so hard was because he had like, he was past his basketball career and he was onto this other career, which was like a whole nother thing. And everyone was kind of waiting to see what he was going to do with it, whether or not you liked him, but he was such, he was so supportive of his daughters and so, so supportive. I don't know if you saw James, but there was this whole scene at the Oregon, Oregon state women's basketball game. Did you see that? I don't think so. Where so Ionescu, who's like arguably the best women's basketball player in Oregon, uh, in the country this year, she's in Oregon. Yeah, she like is has become like really good friends with, um, with Kobe Bryant this year, um, and like he's and Bryant's been like a huge, huge supporter of women's basketball in general, of women's athletes. Uh, you know, he started this whole. They were they're flying to like this this you know league that he started for for women's basketball with his daughter. Uh, and so I think like just the, the, anyway, what ended up happening was like basically both teams, like everyone on both teams started crying and they were like, they did the circle in the middle of the court and it was just like incredibly emotional scene. Yeah. Um, and it's it just like, he was, there was a second career that he was starting and it was like, it, it was going to be something like pretty amazing. And I think everyone thought that. And, and so for that to just not happen and then for his, his daughter not to get the chance to do what she was going to do, it's just like, just just awful. So, I mean, I know it's sort of a somber note, but, uh, and everything, everyone's said everything they're going to say. Uh, but that's going to be a tough one to get over. Yeah. I mean, if we ever do. The Lakers played yesterday against the Spurs back at Staples Center. And for the first quarter, it was still just like no one really wanted to like cheer or just like get into the game. And it, it took a while for everyone to kind of like zone back into just, you know, playing basketball and not thinking about it because it's like, you could be fine for a moment and then just suddenly you hear another snippet and you're like, okay, now I'm, now I'm back to feeling miserable about this situation. Yeah, these, these like these stars who are larger than life who are just like icons and in these, in sports and otherwise, but in sports for, for this conversation, they, they're like, a, they're like an outlet for everyone. Right. Yeah. Like we look at all of them and we're like, this is, it's not that we necessarily want to be them or anything. It's just that we look at them. We're like, that is like an amazing person, an amazing like career, everything. And obviously he had his, there's, there's stuff that needs to be talked about. It's like everywhere, the, the sexual assault yeah. um, uh, claim and the, the set, the private settlement and all of that, like that, that needs to be a part of the conversation. Of course, of course he was not always a great guy. He did a lot of dumb things. He was difficult to coach and, and you know, he may have committed sexual assault, but there, but like these, these larger than life icons, they, they they're like, People, we don't think of them as people who will ever die or people who ever go away. They, they're, they're a staple. They're like this, this thing in our lives that like just um, is so is just important for us to be able to look at from the outside and watch and, and get excited about yeah. and, and be a distraction and and you know have like a love hate relationship, but like just they'll always be there. And when all of a sudden, when like abruptly one of them is not there anymore, it just doesn't make sense. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I guess I got a, I, 
I don't have any further comments beyond that since James has a more insightful view um, as a Lakers fan. Um, but I, I have to run. Uh, I don't want to, you guys can, I don't know if it works to continue talking since I'm the host, but I got to run. No, uh, we can break. Run, but um, Well, anyways. Just, uh, go ahead, Scott. Oh, I was just going to thank you and thank James for, for a really fun podcast season. Excited to get back into it. I wish uh, I had a fun soundbite to play right now to kind of break the <laughs> somber tone that we're ending. <laughs> Look, James, I think you missed it, but here's the, opt- here's, here's the positive note to end on. When I win my futures bet on Bernie and the Yankees, I'm going to throw a huge party. All right. And, and it's going to also be like, Right as like football season is getting into swing, it's going to be a great moment, and it's going to be a good year. Yeah, we'll do a live podcast. Ooh, that's we'll a great you, uh, idea. You know, <laughs> and we'll finally money get, on fire, and we'll finally get Steve Kaminsky to join. Oh yeah, we could fly him out first yeah. class with uh, Micah's winnings. I look forward to listening. To, yeah, I look forward. Not quite. I look forward to uh, to listening to your new podcast. Um, and this was great. Let's do it again next year. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys. Bye.